0: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Saturday. I hope for you are watching or listening to this show around the world. You're having a very good start to the weekend. And long may that continue. We are, of course, now seven days away from Arsenal's return in the Premier League with that trip to Brentford next weekend. Looking forward to that one. We are, of course, that means still slap banging in the middle of the international break which, as always, is dragging on. There has been a fair bit of Arsenal interest in the last 24 hours or so in terms of players in action for their national teams, Bakayi Saka, uh, Declan Rice, Jorginho, Yaka Kivio. So we'll talk about that a little bit in this show. I've uh, got some news on Martin Odegaard as well. The Norway manager has given a very positive update on his fitness ahead of that game against Brentford next weekend. The Edu's landed himself an award. And, of course, the huge news since the last time I recorded an episode Uh, coming from the Premier League that Everton have been slapped with a 10-point deduction for breaking the uh, sort of money rules, the sustainability rules, um, which could, could have huge consequences in terms of Manchester City, in terms of Chelsea, in terms of the wider context of the Premier League. Just massive news. So we'll explore that a fair bit in this episode as well. But we'll start with Martin Odegaard, who hasn't played for Arsenal really for you know, basically a month now. He did come back for that game against West Ham, played 10 minutes, scored, but then got injured again straight after. Initially, the problem was the hip injury that he'd been struggling with basically all season at Arsenal been managing. Um, That kept him out for a little bit. Then he came back against West Ham. Then on the Friday before the trip to Newcastle, he got smacked in the face by a ball during a training session and ended up with concussion. And with the Premier League's concussion rules the way they are, of course, you have to not then play for a certain amount of time following um showing symptoms of concussion that has now passed but that hip issue that has been plaguing him or troubling him whatever you want to call it basically for the season is still there lurking in the background Norway had called Martin up to go on the international break. But after discussions with Arsenal, it was decided he would stay in North London, continue to work on his fitness to get himself back up to speed. And the hope is he will be fit. Arsenal have been targeting that Brentford game as a comeback. Odegaard has been targeting that game against Brentford as a comeback. And given the update we've got here from the Norway manager, it sounds like that target is probably going to be hit Fingers crossed, which will be a big, big boost for Arsenal. The Norway manager has been speaking to the Norwegian media during the international break, and he said this. He said, I'm coming from a a 45-minute talk with Martin. He is getting better and better, and then he's gradually stepping up. It has been more or less three weeks without any proper training, so it's important for him to take it step by step. So both he and Arsenal probably hope that he is available for the Brentford match, and that will be a huge boost. You know, Arsenal need Martin Odegaard back. They need him fit. They need him firing on all cylinders. They're a far better team when Martin Odegaard's in the team. We know that, of course. The goal threat he provides, the quality he provides in around the final third, the clever thinking, the technique, everything. The captain, you know, Arsenal need him in the team and they need him in the team very, very quickly. So to have him back against Brentford will be a huge boost um, for Mikel Arteta and for the team. Fingers crossed that can continue to happen. There are, of course, other injuries as well. Jesus, Thomas Parsi, um, those players all missing have sort of contributed to this, I think, Arsenal's problems in attack, but maybe not clicking entirely in attack. And, you know, you get Odegaard back in that team quickly and and a fit Odegaard as well, you know, properly, fully fit Odegaard. They're going to look so much better going forward. And you add Gabriel Jesus into that mix as well. And suddenly I think you're looking at a completely different proposition in terms of Arsenal in an attacking sense. So fingers crossed that is uh, that statement, that update from the Norwegian manager holds true and he is back available for the game against Brentford. He is at London Colney. He is working very hard. I know that to try and get fit for that game. You know, that is what Arsenal have been targeting. That's the whole reason he didn't go away with Norway um, was to keep him here and make sure he's fit and ready for after the international break. So fingers crossed that is the case. All right, we've got to talk now about Everton and just the huge... I mean, it is monumental, the news that emerged yesterday that they have been hit with a 10-point ban, a 10-point deduction, sorry, um, for breaking the league's basically sort of sustainability rules and and overspending. And it is a huge, huge penalty, 10 points. The Premier League actually wanted 12, but the independent committee who decided after... Um, been given all the evidence and all the notes through the investigation that has been going on. And Everton have been helping the Premier League with in this investigation. And I think Everton, certainly judging by the statement that you can see on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, they believe that that penalty was not going to be harsh because they've been cooperating fully with the investigation. They knew they'd stepped over the rules. Um, and they were. I think they were certainly hoping it was going to be less. I'm sh- they were, I think they're going to appeal. Um, well, they are going to appeal. They've announced they're going to appeal. And whether this ends up getting cut, this points deduction ends up getting cut, remains to be seen. But you know, Everton absolutely furious. They said they were shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League's commission. The club believes the commission has imposed a wholly disappro- disappropriate and unjust sporting sanction. The club has already communita- communicated its intention to appeal the decision to the Premier League. The appeal process will now commence and the club's case will be heard by an appeal board appointed uh, pursuant to the Premier League's rules in due course. They continue to talk about how they've been transparent in the process um, and given the information over that was needed. Uh, This line at the end is really, really interesting and important. I think it says the club will also monitor with great interest the decisions made in any other cases concerning the Premier League's profit and sustainability Rules. I mean, that is just a clear, clear message to the Premier League that Everton will be watching what happens with Manchester City. And that's why this ruling is potentially so seismic in terms of the Premier League. We've not seen anything like this before in terms of punishment from the Premier League for breaching sustainability and spending rules. And this was one thing. This was one rule one charge manchester city have got 115 charges hanging over them by the premier league 50 breaches of providing inaccurate financial information eight breaches in relation to manager uh, remuneration from ni- 2009 um 12 breaches in relation to player uh, remuneration from 2010 to 2015, five breaches linked to UEFA's financial reg- regulations, 25 profitability and sustainability breaches, and 30 of failing to cooperate with the Premier League investigation. So just think about all of that. Everton's was one. It was one single breach, um, and they did cooperate with the Premier League's investigation. Manchester City have done everything to try and hold up the investigation um they're accused of misrepresenting their accounts for almost a decade i mean it's huge it's absolutely huge and that's why i just think this is so seismic and why everton are quite right to point out you know that they are going to be watching with interest what happens now with the premier league you know this is they've set a precedent now you know they've set a precedent in terms of how this is going to be handled and the potential punishments that could be dished out we know they're investigating chelsea now for um sort of hidden payments during the roman roman abramovich era as well and th- there's talk that if if manchester city get um if they get found guilty of these charges which of course they deny and they say they have evidence to prove that and that's why this is dragging on and um The Premier League also labelled Everton's one as a complicated case, and that was one charge. Manchester City have 115. And so if the Everton one's complicated, imagine what they would describe this one as. And this is also Manchester City we're talking about with basically unlimited money to pay whatever lawyers, whatever it takes to drag this on to make it even more complicated. And that's what the Premier League are going up against here. But the Premier League have set a precedent, and this is so huge in terms of what happens now. There's talk that Manchester City, Chelsea, they could face relegation should this happen. But I look at it and I think, is that really punishment enough? You know, Manchester City have basically won. And again, of course, this hasn't been proven yet. Nothing's been proven and Manchester City deny any wrongdoers. But if they are found to be guilty, is relegation enough? Are fines enough? Are points deductions enough? You know, teams have Manchester City have won, I think, eight titles during that time. They've if they're found guilty, they would have denied through cheating basically eight other teams' titles. You know, should they be stripped of those titles? Surely they should. Surely that is what the sort of sporting sanctions that should be in place here, rather than just fines or re- or, or relegation. You know, we'll wait to see what happens now with Everton in terms of the teams who are relegated last season, Burnley, uh, or over the over the course of the seasons at this. Year. And I think it's like a three-year period that's been investigated by Everton. The teams that have been relegated during that period, including the likes of Burnley and others have been sort of keeping a close eye on this with the threat of legal action to follow because, obviously, they've dropped out of the Premier League. Everton have stayed in the Premier League. Those clubs have lost millions in that time frame because they've been playing in the Championship. They want that money back, or they might want that money back. So will this go to court? Will they take Everton to court? Will they sue? If that's the case, what happens with all these clubs um, who have been affected by Manchester City during the period that they would end up... um, that they would have been sort of investigated for if found found guilty it, you know this it opens up the whole premier league to basically years and years of litigation and suing and court cases and everything it's such a huge huge thing it really really is Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices And there is an important point to remember in all of this is potentially, this could have been Arsenal here. Farhad Mashiri, who was the Everton owner, who is the man basically responsible for overseeing this time at Everton, was on the Arsenal, well, you know, was a shareholder at Arsenal. He was with Usmanov. And although Usmanov never technically was a shareholder at Everton, it's widely known that there was finance inv- involved from Usmanov to Mashiri during to time. Some of. Um, Usmanov's companies were sponsor, were sort of sponsors at Everton during that time. And so, you know, it's all been linked. And those two could well, if things have gone differently, been in, running Arsenal during this period. They could have been the guys running Arsenal. And, you know, so this easily could have been Arsenal. It's It can happen that easily. And that's why owners, there needs to be so much more stringent tests. And of course, this is just a Premier League. You go down the pyramid, and everyone's kind of focused on this now because it's a big story because it's a Premier League. But you go down the pyramid to smaller clubs in in the Football league, and this is happening left, right, and centre. You know, I've got a lot of vested interest in Reading, a club just down the road from me, a club that I worked as as a junior, as a reporter on the newspaper there for years. Had brilliant times there covering that football club, and they're an absolute financial mess now because owners, a series of awful owners, have come in and just run the club into the ground and basically stripped it. And there's so many other clubs like that, and that's why owners need to be checked. There needs to be stronger checks. On these clubs, on these owners who come in and take over clubs, and I think it does need to remember be remembered at the moment. While this is a Premier League thing, because it's Everton, this is happening to other clubs all over the country. Smaller clubs who don't even have the finances to be able to fight it potentially like Everton could. You don't have the millions of the Premier League money to come in to help fight it and keep it afloat. And you know there's an ownership problem in this country that absolutely is, and there needs to be stronger checks. Um, and I think the Premier League with this decision a lot of people say no this is them doing this to try and say we don't need an independent regulator to come in and to oversee everything because we can take really strong action ourselves if people are found guilty of breaking rules so uh, and i think Everton will probably be looking at and thinking they've been unfairly punished but you know things there needs to be a punishment to stop this sort of thing happening and this if this is the first one then they've certainly set a very strong precedent and it's going to be absolutely intriguing to see what happens with Manchester City and Chelsea over the uh, coming years. Okay, so away from all of that, let's uh, quickly do a bit of an international break roundup, shall we? Bakaya Saka and uh, Declan Rice both involved for England. Neither of them started the game nor did Aaron Ramsdale. He was on the bench yesterday against Malta. Awful game. Oh my God, it was so, so bad. England were dreadful. Um, 1-2-0 in the end. Own goal in the first few minutes and then got second through Harry Kane uh, Bakayasaka as you can see they're getting a big hug off Harry Kane because he came off the bench and set it up Declan Rice did score an excellent goal just after that to make it 3-0 but VAR ruled it out because Harry Kane had sort of run into an offside position from the shot which was really really harsh because it was going in and it would have been a brilliant goal but I think it did actually touch Kane and so at first time I saw it, I thought, yeah, he's offside, but, you know, that's a goal. The goalkeeper's not saving that. But then he saw another replay, and I think the ball did kind of brush off Harry Kane's shirt as it went past him. And so technically, because it touched him, then it didn't even matter that the goalkeeper wasn't saving the shot. Because it touched Kane, it's automatically offside. So really unlucky for Declan Rice because it was a really, really good goal. Um, but, yeah, awful game. Really, really was poor. Good thing for Arsenal, though. No one got injured. Uh, I imagine both are going to be starting that game on Monday against North Macedonia away, though. So there's was a lot of Arsenal fans who were happy that they were on the bench yesterday, but that automatically you would think means that they're going to start on Monday night in North Macedonia. Um, Jorginho started for uh, for Italy in their game against North Macedonia 5-2 Italy won that. Jorginho missed a penalty actually already had one saved in that game. Uh, but yeah, he played came off in the second half. Jakub Kivior played, made a really important block late on. They drew 1-1. I can't remember who it was with now, uh, but they drew 1-1 and could well have lost that game. But um, Jakub Kivian made a really important block right at the end to sort of stop a goal-bound shot. He did have a couple of hairy moments, sort of reading the reports um, in one in either half where it almost cost Poland a goal, but did produce a match-saving block at the end to uh, to protect his side's point. Um, Saliba, I think, is in action today. I think might be one other Arsenal player in action today. So far, there's been no injuries, and that's the main thing, isn't it, from this international break? No injuries to think of, which is good. Um, Gabriel Jesus, there are suggestions that he is going to be starting for Brazil against um, Argentina on Tuesday. Fingers crossed that is not the case, but I don't know if you've seen it, but Vinicius has had to go home. He injured himself in the game against Colombia, and he has gone back to Madrid, which is... Immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, no. If if Brazil were tempted to play Jesus before Vinicius got injured, now he's injured, you're like, oh, no, they're going to play him, aren't they? They could just move Martinelli over to the left-hand side and play Jesus up front against Argentina, which I hope they don't. I really hope they err on the side of caution. They don't take any risks. They keep saying they're not going to take any risks. I really hope they're true to their word. But the first thing that popped into my head when I saw Vinicius got injured, was like, oh, no, they're going to end up playing Jesus in this game, aren't they? Imagine that, Jesus against Romero. and a half-fit Jesus coming back from injury against Christian Romero. It just it doesn't, it doesn't bear thinking about what could happen in that one. Um, and before I wrap things up today, Edu has won himself an award at the Golden Boy Awards. I'm sure you saw um, Jude Bellin and Golden Boy for 2023. Edu won the Best European Director Award, uh, voted for by its Board of Legends from Tutusport. I'm to know who that Board of Legends is. It, says it acknowledges Edu's work. Um, as Arsenal's first ever sporting director. Uh, director. Um, it's obviously had a very good year, Edu, I would say. I'm not sure every single Arsenal fan around the world would agree that he is the be- European's best sporting director, but um, you know that's what the uh, the panel have award- have awarded him, that title. He has done lots of good things. Obviously, him and Mikel Arteta working hand-in-hand have created this excellent young squad at Arsenal that is worth an absolute fortune. Um and they are doing very, very well in the Premier League, so you can't sort of fault him in, on that regard, but there have certainly been some issues as well, you have to say, with Edu in terms of certainly selling players and bringing money in, whether that's entirely down to him, you know, you, that's up for debate because I think Mikel Arteta, in the way that he has handled some of his players, has certainly seen their value plummet, and that has made it more, more difficult for Edu to sell players, but um, there are certainly some question marks over him, as Arsenal fans will be very, very aware, but you can only uh, say congratulations for this award. I've seen on his Instagram, he's very happy about it. He's been sharing pictures of it and sharing the congratulatory messages that he's been receiving. So congratulations to Edu. And that is about it for today's show. Everyone, thank you very much for watching or listening. As always, anything you want to talk about, any opinions you want to share about Arsenal, any reaction to what I've said in this episode about the uh, the Everton Um Premier League penalty, what that could mean for Manchester City, Chelsea, what you think it should mean for Chelsea or Manchester City? Let me know, as always, in the comments below. Until tomorrow, everyone, have a very good Saturday. I'll speak to you very, very soon.